What's up, everybody? This is Stick to Football, Bleacher Report, College Football, and NFL Draft Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Miller. Joined a very special Friday morning. We got Mello, we got Connor, and my five-year-old son is hiding in our work closet because I'm on dad duty this summer. So if you hear a five-year-old who wants to talk about the Chiefs, that is Emmett, and it will be his debut performance on the show. <laughs> Not to be confused with me. I, I have the opinion of a five-year-old sometimes, and I like to talk about the Chiefs. But it is not me. It's a little bit right. higher pitched of a voice. Yeah, yeah. Emmett's already doing his uh, Adam Gase impression, just ready to stab you in the back, Matt. It's going to be real fun oh, to yeah, watch. Right? Yeah, he's, uh, he's... Take your job. We're going to spend a lot of time talking about that for sure. We're also going to talk about the NCAA. Maybe we're finally getting some college football video games back. This Patrick Peterson news, obviously uh, groundbreaking. We're going to talk about that. Connor did an AMA in the Bleacher Report app, which you guys definitely get. Uh, I did one pre-draft. Connor did one when the Jets debacle happened. Uh, so it's a great way to interact with us. Uh, we're going to get to some of those questions that offered a little bit of a springboard into further conversation. Uh, and then also, we are going to talk about NCAA football with the top five players that you would like to use in NCAA. The game last came out July of 2013. So we're going to go basically summer of 2014 until now. The it'll be the top 15 players we would have liked to have used. And then, of course, your guys draft on draft questions. So uh, I hope you guys are locked in. It's going to be a fun show. Yeah. And of course, all of the hate that we will eventually get from the top five. Sorry if we leave off your favorite player. This is our list. This is not an official list. You can make your own yeah. <laughs> if you want to. But do feel free to tweet at us. Leave it in your iTunes review, which players you would want to use for that one. No problem for me. I, I had to laugh. Me and Matt did that. In the midweek show, we're like, oh, we'll get a lot of hate for the power rankings. And we got to the top 10 and we're like, oh, these are all the happy fan bases. And someone left us a bad review because we had the Eagles <laughs> at eight and nine, <laughs> like a really bad review. And they're like, the Eagles at eight and nine. <laughs> and I'm like, what are you, I, I didn't think that was that bad. Uh, I mean, if their quarterback stays healthy, they'll be a top five team. If he doesn't, they'll fall out of the top 10. So they're eight and yeah. nine. All right, moving on. <laughs> yeah, moving on. Let's get into this. We are going to start here because this is as much. There's not a lot of college football news for us over the summer, but we love college football. It is a big part of a, why we're doing this job in the NCAA has basically they're workshopping this idea and I'm not just trying to toot my own horn, but if you guys remember last summer, we talked about this on the show and this was actually my idea. Let players market their own likeness, make it a free market. So Trevor Lawrence is going to make a hell of a lot of money licensing his likeness. Basically, if you're a fourth string quarterback at Pitt state, you're probably not, but give the players the opportunity to make money off their likeness. And this could open the door to EA sports or someone else bringing back that game that we miss so badly in CAA football. Yeah, and I think it also, it's going to help out other players too. I mean, even you look at a guy like Zion Williamson, who is a huge prospect, you know Nike's knocking down his door and that there was a little bit of a connection there. I think we're going to see that in college football too. You get some of these stars that come through and stay for three years but they can't make any money off of their likeness. It's really, I don't even understand how it's constitutional that they cannot do this, but the NCAA is finally going to take some steps at righting the wrong that is here. I don't, I don't know how you can tell a player, well, you can play for us, but you can't make any money off of being who you are. I know Connor's going to jump in, but I just want to say really nothing about the NCAA's constitutional if you want to get into Very it. True. So, so, yeah, not to make this an hour about my interpretation of constitutional labor laws, but I don't think it's, I mean, I, I really hope this. <laughs> I really hope this gets done because it's generally harmless. I mean, it goes back to when that kicker from UCF had to make a choice to keep his YouTube channel yeah. or play football. Like 
players should be allowed to do stuff like that. It's really harmless. And this bringing back, obviously, something that's important to us on this show, NCAA football, would just be another big part of that. And like a cool side effect of this could be because one thing we we keep seeing a record number of juniors enter the NFL draft. One like nice offshoot of this is guys who need that money might not have to go to the NFL early. We might see a lower number of underclassmen enter, which is better for all of us because as more underclassmen enter, more underclassmen don't get drafted. So a lot of these guys, you know, maybe a Tyree Jackson is like, you know what? I got the strongest arm in the NCAA football game. I'm making a little bit of money off that. Let me do the transfer portal route instead of declaring for the draft and going undrafted. So I think there are a lot of benefits outside of let's get these guys some money so that they can actually afford a decent meal on a weekend when the team lobby is closed. It it could have a a little bit of a, a side effect of keeping some guys in school. And Forget about the players for a second. I need this game back. I have been playing <laughs> NCAA 14 for um, almost six years now. Yeah, I yeah, still six play. Years, yeah. uh, thankfully, there are people out there that update the rosters and everything for you. But I need the updated uniforms. I need the conferences updated. I need everything about this game. And hopefully the NCAA is finally going to help a brother out. Because I need to play with Trevor Lawrence in this game. Oh, yeah. Uh, oh, I didn't put him on my list. Good call. Well, I wouldn't have got to him anyway. I'm sure one of you would have beat me to it. So, But a uh, little side note, he's not on my big board. Let's move into Patrick Peterson. And we were kind of texting about this today in our group text. And it was like, well, the Cardinals aren't a very good team. Does this really matter enough to talk about? I actually think it does. Because there has been talk that Patrick Peterson would be traded to a good team, whether that's the Patriots, the Saints, the Chiefs. There have been a lot of rumors that he would get traded. Now with that six-game suspension due to PED use that has already been, he's already filed his appeal and has been denied for the NFL to announce your suspension. You've gone through that process already. I know there's been some confusion about that. So he is going to miss the first six games of the season. To me, this means... Maybe, I mean, the trade deadlines after week eight, maybe we could see a team like the Pats or the Chiefs realize they need a corner and you're going to get him back for the the stretch run anyway. Maybe they would do it. But to me, this means Pat P is not being traded. One thing I did here right before we hit record, he is pissed apparently because they, he knew this was coming and wanted to rework his contract so that he wouldn't take as big of a hit on this suspension and the Cardinals wouldn't do it. So I think there's going to be a little bit of animosity between the front office and the star player because of this deal. Yeah, and I almost feel like he was already kind of out the door anyway. I think that he was ready to part ways. The Cardinals are probably ready to part ways with the rebuild that they have going on there. And it really does suck because he was going to be kind of the last key name that we were going to have moved. I feel like this offseason, and now I think he is stuck, at least for the six weeks. And it's really going to suck if you're the Cardinals because now you're probably going to get a second-round pick from him before now I don't think you are. I mean, teams aren't going to go pay that much in draft capital for a guy who's going to play, you know, not as many games now. I'm with you, Melo. It diminishes his value, and that's what sucks about this a lot because Arizona, they were not trading him last year because they valued him differently than other teams. And when we brought this up today, you know, how does this fit into our show? And Matt made a great point that, listen, this could have been one of the biggest pieces available in a trade. And also, him and Byron Murphy would have been a really fun tandem to watch at the start of this year. Patrick Peterson, just looking at it, has started every single game of his career. And that's going back to 2011. That's insanely consistent, especially the level he plays at. So he'll be 29 this year. You'd assume at some point, he's probably not a guy that's sitting here. One, he's he feels he's not getting paid enough. Two, 
He's sitting there going, well, I don't want to be a part of this rebuild we're undergoing. Looking at the division, when are we going to be better than these other three teams? So he probably wants to get moved. Sure, he'd probably go love to play for your guys, Kansas City Chiefs, or also Matt's New England Patriots. We'll see. <laughs> but really, when it comes down to it, this is just, it's a crappy situation for both sides. Uh, but my favorite Pat Pete stat, he's been in the NFL eight years. He's made the Pro Bowl eight years. Like, yeah, that's amazing. crazy, isn't it? Like Connor said, not only has he never missed a game until now, he's been a pro bowler every freaking year. And he's so. probably still a top five corner in the NFL I after eight so. seasons. He, in there. He's incredible. I would. Yeah, he's right in my top three still. I mean, he is really incredible. The level he's playing at his athleticism hasn't dropped off at all. So. When you Maybe look now at we any know kind why. of contender. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there you go. Maybe he's getting an assist. <laughs> he didn't pull the Revis. It's like, I'm getting close to 30, whatever. Right? He's like, no, 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 we're not stopping here. Right. I need one more contract. Let me get faster. Yeah. Um, one team that won't be trading for him, or maybe they will because their GM is knucking futs, and that is your New York Jets, man. What? Is going on. I I read your AMA. Our GM. Yeah. yeah right. What GM? Adam he's Gase. He, he, he's right. a psycho. Yeah. Um. Uh, I I you did a great job first and foremost. Uh, that was your first AMA. Melos pouring one out for That's you. That's how I feel about that, Connor. Um, Ooh, it is a mess. Wild. And I know that a lot of people have waited for our reaction. And I apologize. It was my fault that we couldn't do an emergency podcast because I. I have had my son all week, so I didn't think you guys wanted to hear Emmett's take on the Jets, although maybe he can make sense I of did. it. Yeah, <laughs> but um, it's, it is crazy. I have seen things like this. I've been covering the NFL for nine years. You, you, you see a lot of weird stuff over the course of nine years, but I've never seen it happen this quickly. Like, you know, uh, some people said, well, you've seen Andy Reid push John Dorsey out right after the draft, but they had been together for years. It wasn't a situation where Adam Gase got hired in January, and he has already... <laughs> and- who hired him? Mike McCabe. Oh, yeah. That's well, right. Yeah. Wink, wink, let's, nudge, let's nudge. Let's talk about yeah, that. Yeah, I think that's let's where it starts. Let's talk about that. Right. That Chris Johnson hired him. For, exactly, I mean, Matt. However, for exactly. all intents and purposes, Chris Johnson made the hire. And Mike McCagnon probably knew then, like, oh, man, this seat might be getting a little hot for me. It really is crazy because you look at it and a lot of people are like, well, he was a part of the process. And you sit there and you go, yeah, he was there. But was he really? I mean, you go back, look, watch the press conference where they introduce Adam Gase. Mike McCagnon doesn't speak. He doesn't speak during the entire press conference. That was step one that this thing was fucked from the beginning. Yeah. No, so, right. I mean, what GM hires his coach? Because remember, he really didn't hire Todd Bowles while he signed off on it. They were brought right. together at that time. This was billed, and it's a complete lie. That this, oh, Mike McCagnon gets to hire his own coach now, and he's here because he found Sam Darnold. And and then he doesn't speak about the hire at the press conference. It's a little bizarre, and a lot has been trickling out since Adam Gase got in that building yes. leading up to this. And I, I think I know that Manish Mehta said that a lot of this was about the Le'Veon Bell situation. And that is, I mean, I could tell you that's something that, that isn't has not been a secret around NFL circles. And I will say, uh, I believe it was Tony Pauline, who was the first person on this the week before the draft was like, hey, there's some there's some bad blood in that front office. This thing could fall apart. And when the Anthony Barr thing fell apart, this is when the first time that I heard that there was bad blood in that front office where I was like, oh, man, this might not last. Because when Anthony Barr pulled out and went back to Minnesota, I think that started the do these guys know what they're doing? And, and that's from Adam Gase to Chris Johnson about the front office. So it is weird to let them go ahead and manage the draft and spend $120 million for agency, especially now that it comes out that maybe Gase didn't want Le'Veon Bell and got him anyway. 
But as a Jets fan, Connor, because I mean, I think that's an important part of this for all of sure. us. You know, it's I, I'm a Niners fan, Mel is a Chiefs fan, but we're also analysts. But as a Jets fan, do you just feel hopeless right now? I'm mixed. Here's my problem with all this. Adam Gase looks like an absolute, and so does Chris Johnson. He's more guilty than anyone here. They look like fools if Joe Douglas is not hired. Fools. Because you don't fire Mike McCagnin unless Joe Douglas is locked in. That would be a really, really good hire in my eyes. And I know Daniel Jeremiah has been connected as a package deal with Douglas, which would be a fantastic hire. But when you look at it, it's just weird timing. I get that. And I think here's the thing. People are like, well, they wanted to wait till after the draft. Chris Johnson was telling a lot of people like this was the group together. And now he's saying, well, I spent time with them during the draft and the dynamic wasn't right. So it's time to move on. It's the classic Johnson family of impulsive decisions. Now, this is not me defending Mike McCagnin because Matt, we've talked about this a lot on the midweek show. He's made a lot of mistakes over the years. Yeah, you could have easily close, made the, right. Yeah, exactly. You could have made the argument at the end of the year easily that he should have went out the door with Todd Bowles. I think that's my issue is that you gave Adam Gase all of the power in the world when you could have hired a GM and then hired a head coach. Now you're doing it backwards. This is the Pete Carroll kind of route. But yeah. what has Adam Gase done to deserve this kind of power? That's, That's my biggest issue. I agree with you. Sorry, Mel. We're just no, and if you were going to hire a coach and a GM, I feel like you could go get somebody better from another team. If you can put that offer on the table of saying, hey, we're going to have a coach and a GM here for a little bit, maybe you can go out and get yourself a marquee coach. Not old crazy eyes who comes in and, you know, from the first start of his tenure here, he it's not doing so well. Are you a, still a fan of the coaching hire? I know that you've kind of talked about it, you know, but are you still? I, I a- wanted I wanted Todd Munkin from day one, from day one. And if Todd well, Munkin yeah. was the hire, I think Mike McCagnin and company would still be here. And I'm not saying that's the right or wrong choice. I'm just saying I liked the direction with Todd Munkin because of his relationship with the players. Now, Adam Gase has a lot to fix now. I, and all these reports out there that he didn't want Le'Veon, I'm buying in. Guess what? You're pointing the finger at the wrong guy. Yeah. Mike McCagnin has never paid running backs. Chris Johnson and ownership, they love the splash signings. This was clearly their signing, and I'm for it. I like Le'Veon. It, the contract isn't even that bad. But now if you're Adam Gase, you better fix that shit from day one of minicamp. Sit down with him, say, you're my guy, this and that. It just goes back to how he left things off in Miami where there's always friction with Adam Gase and for some reason, the fingers always pointed around the room, but sometimes it needs to come back to him. And this is one of those scenarios where he has to change for this to work. He really, really has to change. And I think like one thing, as we kind of put a bow on this, the biggest issue for me is that who could the Jets hire now as a GM candidate? I'm going to have an article that comes out Saturday morning talking about this, where it's like, what GM could they get? You know, honestly, like who could they hire right now? Because no and one's we're going to talk wanna... about that in the AMA. Yeah, no but... one's going to want to work there. So I think that is a big thing. Like you said, we are going to talk about that as we get to the AMA wrap up. But it is, and we're not hammering on this just because Connor's a Jets fan. But it's this is a team that it, we have a ton of Jets fan listeners. So I feel like it's an important thing to talk about. It's also just an 
odd, unique NFL situation for a head coach who's not good. And we're not talking like they didn't hire Bill Belichick. They hired Adam Gase. A guy who just got fired. Right. This would be like giving Miami. This would be like giving Cliff Kingsbury the GM job of the Cardinals. That he's, would make more sense. It to might. Me. Right. It's like he's proven nothing to have this much power, which just goes to show I tweeted this Thursday. I don't need to watch Game of Thrones like you guys. I cover the NFL for a living. I get all the political chair moving I need just doing this job from nine to five every day. And I think that dynamic would never have worked from day one. But Chris Johnson's been running this team for a while now. How did it take this long to realize you have one of the most passive general managers in the NFL, Mike McCagnin, with one of the most alpha, crazy, you know, very controlling head coaches in Adam Gase. When would this have ever worked from day one? Whether you like the Gase hire or not, this was always problematic from the very beginning. And that's how we got to this point. Hopefully Gase gets his guy in there and Joe Douglas, because I think he's he's a scouting mind, a football mind to believe in. But if it's not Douglas, we're going to have some really serious questions. Before we go to our first break, I'll say this, Connor. The good news is... In a year or two, you're going to have a different head coach in there. Maybe this gets you Lincoln Riley. You know, I mean, the, oh, maybe the, Todd Munkin round two. Maybe Matt this Campbell. Is yeah. a silver lining here, buddy. We're trying to make you feel better. Let's go to break. When we come back. We're going to yeah. dig back into the AMA uh, to give you a, a kind of a second wave look at some of the big questions that came out of there. All right, we are back. And as I mentioned, Connor did an AMA in the BR app, which is awesome. It's free. Uh, we've been singing its praises uh, as long as we've had a podcast. It's it's amazing. I get like all my news. Like when the when the Jets firing happened, I got the news in the app before I got the news from people around the league, which is crazy. Um, I, I've heard stories of people finding out they were traded from the BR app. So definitely do it. Sign up for an account so you can participate when we do these AMAs. And, and Connor, we kind of pulled out three questions that we, we thought – we're, we're smart enough that we wanted to talk about them more than like you typing out an answer on your phone. Uh, so the first one is from Alex Hotch. And the question is, who will the Jets go after if Joe Douglas turns down their dysfunctional team? Joe Douglas, if you guys aren't familiar with that name, you're going to hear it a lot. He is works with the Philadelphia Eagles. He is one of the most, like Connor said, highly respected scouts in the NFL. I mean, I think you would say Joe Douglas and Ed Dodds are probably the top two guys that aren't general managers right now. Um, he, he is someone that will be a general manager very soon. He's the vice president of player personnel. So basically the assistant general manager there. And Joe Douglas is a lot like when we talked about Chris Ballard. It's not just that he can evaluate. It's who he will bring with him to build out this staff. So if Joe Douglas doesn't come on board, who are some names that, that you guys think could be up for this GM job? Oh, this is where we phone in Matt here. I mean, who do you think is next, honestly? Because all of this has been told to me is, this move was made with the thought that Gase has the connection, the plug with Douglas to yeah. get him in the building. And more importantly, sometimes is his staff that he would bring here. So because this is the Jets and things <laughs> yeah. never go as planned, Matt, who would be like the emergency option, like the Frank Reich who turned out great yeah. of this situation. You know what sucks is a lot of the top guys have, have gotten jobs lately. And because we it's the course. end of May. And yeah. This isn't yeah. GM hiring Everyone's season. Everyone's for vacation. Right. Yeah. That, that does suck. I, I think, honestly, so if Joe Douglas said no, I would call Daniel Jeremiah at the NFL Network and say, hey, we know that you have turned out jobs in the past and that you want to stay close to your family. How much would it cost? Like, what, what would it cost for your wife and kids to want to move to the East Coast? And the answer might be no. He might just say, I, I I'm comfortable where I'm at, but I think DJ is one of the best in the world at, uh, and not just player evaluation, but building a culture, being able to build a staff out. If you want to go to somebody that's in the NFL 
and maybe an under-the-radar name. I would look at Trent Kirchner with the Seattle Seahawks. Um, and unfortunately, we have to say this. I remember we used to say this about the Browns when it would be free agent time. If, like, you, you might not be able to get the top-tier guys. You're going to have to look at the second level. You're not getting Will McClay to leave Dallas for the New York Jets job. Sorry. So I think someone like Trent Kirchner, who is underneath the Pete Carroll, John Schneider uh, kind of hierarchy. You know, scouts there do have a lot of say, but I would look at Trent Kirchner, Elliot Wolf, who is now with the Cleveland Browns. Uh, he left the Packers when they had their big shakeup. Um, his dad, Ron Wolf, I don't know if, if he would sign off on Elliot going there because Ron is a big part of the reason that Mike McCagney got that job in the first place. So I, I think there might be some bad blood there. Uh, George Payton, who's with the Minnesota Vikings, he's the assistant general manager. He's definitely someone to keep an eye on. Uh, Terry McDonough, who's the Cardinals VP of player personnel. I know they haven't had a, a great, great win loss record there lately, but he is highly respected. So those are some of the top names like. You know, Mike Bergonzi was with the Kansas City Chiefs. That was is, the one I was going to ask you so about. I just it's local. don't think he would take that job. He is local. Yeah, neither do I. I think that he is a lot like Chris Ballard before him, where he's highly respected enough. And it would be the same for Ed Dodds, who's with the Colts. They are the type of guys who they're going to be able to sit tight and pick their job. So they're not going to rush into a, a precarious like situation with an owner that like Woody Johnson owns the team, not Chris Johnson, but he's the Trump ambassador to the United Kingdom right now. He's coming back in 2020. It's going to just be a weird situation. Um, Adam Peters with the 49ers would be another one. I know a lot of people didn't like what I reported after the draft, that there's some friction in that front office, but you know, they haven't won a lot of games and this could be Adam Peters one chance to be a GM. You really can't say no to that when you're on a team that hasn't won a lot of ball games. Can I interrupt yeah, here for a, a second? Yeah, because there's Go a ahead, lot please. going on there and I don't think I got the chance to really interject. One, are you sure that Woody Johnson's coming back in 2020 or is this a, a hopeful projection that he will be? I don't know if that was an actual statement or just you being you. And two, have you put your name in the in the in the hat yet, Matt? There's uh, rumors going around. And three, there are rumors. there's also a hashtag I saw on Twitter, so it has to be has to <laughs> be credible. It, it's Connor for GM. Connor, who is this mysterious man that everybody wants as the Jets GM? Uh, just some guy that has a Twitter account, or as one person called me today. This really picked up, by the way. I, I just searched hashtag Connor for GM. Mello specifically has 237 <laughs> favorites, and oh, it's man. all it says. That's all it says. Listen, I told the Jets, I added them. I said, if you need someone, um, I don't have a family to move, and I don't even have to leave my apartment in Hoboken yeah, right now. I could right. do it from there. So You're if they want to roll out the – and I'm cheap. Yeah. I'm cheap. I might be the first GM in NFL history that doesn't even cost a million dollars per year. So be a long let's time. be real. It's, it's uh, one of yeah. those situations in scouting. You can't let a guy from your backyard go somewhere else. So, I mean, the Jets got to get on the horn. I, if they're listening, I can slide you Connor's number. I, I have no shame. I'll yeah, right. I do think the people, three of us can yeah. do a much better job than Mike McCagnan did. I, will I say know that. the three of us can do a better job than anyone they've had in there in years, but I don't know if we're going to get that opportunity. When I look at this, I, I'll tell you what, like this job is tough because this market is tough, but it goes back to what you said, Matt. Woody Johnson scares people off. Yeah. He really does. There is a he fear scared there. Bill Belichick off back in the day. I mean, I mean bingo, <laughs> bingo. Everybody talks about Bill and his genius of how many Super Bowls he's won. The smartest thing he ever did was bolt yeah. from that job. So, all right, we have some more here in yeah, the AMA, geez, was which, was, the a, first one, which yeah. was a ton of fun. Yeah, this one from <laughs> KP Empire. Why do the Jets keep lying to its loyal fan base that it's cons that has been consistently behind them? 
Uh, I could take you down a rabbit hole of Woody Johnson on this one if you wanted me to. I honestly just don't think they know what they're doing. I I don't know that it's, you know, everyone wants to believe that the NFL is like Watergate, you know, and there's this, there's so much secretive stuff going on behind the scenes. And, you know, you got Steve Kime doesn't even tell Josh Rosen what they're doing before the draft. And it's all this smoke and dagger stuff. I think the Jets get a little caught up in that, you know, of like, oh, we're we're going to eliminate all our leaks. What's funny is they didn't eliminate any of the leaks there. I, I just don't think they know what they're doing and they want to be too involved. There are two types of owners. There's the the Robert Krafts who say, I want you to win me football games. Do whatever you need to do. I'm going to stay out of the way. Then you have the Jerry Joneses who are like, I want you to we're going to win football games. and I'm going to be involved because I have an ego. I, I've been around football longer than you guys have been alive. We're going to win based on my blueprint. And I, I think with Chris Johnson and Woody Johnson, they should be more of the, here's a check. I'm going to stay out of the way, but they're not like Connor said, we've heard stories about them demanding free agents, demanding draft picks. Like that isn't, you don't want your owner involved in that. Tell these guys to stick to lotion. That's what they know. The baby shampoo <laughs> that doesn't make your kids cry is genius, but they can't pick football players. and They need to not try to. Oof, you nailed it. They need to stay the fuck out of everything. <laughs> Melo's I mean, just looking awful. at me like, wow. It, I, there's stories that I can't even tell on this show about the Johnson's impulsive behavior, uh, whether it's with players on the roster or managing people. And I think if this isn't the wake-up call, like Chris got here after Woody left, and everyone's like, oh, Chris, like he's for the players, which is great. It's still the same old thing where we're wondering, is he? does he have any idea what it's like to run a football franchise? He's about if to they find bring, out. Yeah, whoever they bring in, here's the thing. This needs to come to an end because he hired Adam Gase, Christopher Johnson. Now he's letting Adam Gase be a part of picking the GM. Once that's done, move aside. And and whether you're wrong or not because you hired a maniac, which could be good or bad, there are football maniacs that succeed in the NFL. Move aside and let them do their thing. That's what they have to let happen, finally. Yeah, I will say, I actually think that maybe I have secretly been the GM and just didn't know it because I did want Adam Gase and they hired him. And then I really wanted Quentin Williams and they drafted him. So, and I wanted well, Jakai Polite. You just so got fired to stick too. To football. I, I think Chris Johnson yeah. actually listens to stick to football. Uh, did That's dra- the best part. They got Trevon Wesco. Mello, that was your dude from the Senior Bowl. Huh. Uh, I had Sam Darnold, QB1. You did love Dang. Sam Darnold. Uh-oh, conspiracy theory time. Hi, Chris. Don't Welcome say to the that, show. <laughs> people might hate. Yeah. People Only are the good think picks we'll talk by about. By the way, th- people are going to think I'm being serious or that we're <laughs> we were not up for this job either. Well, you are. Yeah, You're being well, very serious. That's so weird. Um, just the idea that people who have my job are now being considered GM candidates. Um, I, I will say, again, I think Daniel Jeremiah would do a fantastic job if he wants to. I If he wants to... like. I, lo- I have my son in my office today. Like, I love that I can do that, and I would never be able to do that at any other job. And that's a big part of it. So, But if DJ wants in, man, I think he'll, he'll I think be great. Lewis Riddick was one of the first media-type guys to have his name tied to a job. I think it was, it was, it's been a couple of years I, ago. I purposefully didn't mention him. I'll, I'll say this about Lewis Riddick. There are, there are polarizing opinions about him in, like, the scouting evaluation community. I think he's fantastic uh, on ESPN and I never worked with him before he was on TV. Um, I've always had good conversations with him, but there are definitely those who believe that he's 
better on TV than he would be in a front office, if that makes sense. Probably oh, I'm definitely. better on a podcast than I would be in a front office. All right, last question from ZS Temp. Why let McCagnan stay on through the draft? And I don't want to uh, steal this answer, but I think it's a fairly obvious one. It's because sure. Adam Gase did not have time to evaluate 500 players and stack a board. You need... Well, you he wasn't need, good at it in Miami anyway. Yeah, exactly. You need the guys to do that. You need those scouts out on the road narrowing people down. You need the guys in the front office to stack the board. And you can let them stack the board and probably watch like 20, 25 guys and then come in and say, no, I want Quinn and Williams, if that's indeed what he did. Or come in and say, no, this is what I want. But the Jets didn't have a ton of picks anyway. So um, I, I think that's really the key is... Adam Gase can't run the draft and they didn't have anyone because they fired um, the vice president of player personnel, Brian Heimerdinger too. So like, it's not like they fired McCagnan and, and his lieutenant could have stayed and ran the draft. I mean, they they're this is going to be a, a house cleaning that they're doing. So I think that's why you let him stay on through the draft. The chiefs did that with John Dorsey a few years ago. He stayed on through the draft. They traded up for Pat Mahomes, which ended up working out pretty well. And then they fired him really soon after Brett Veach was the lieutenant and got promoted so I think that's probably the biggest surprise is that the Jets are going to clean house, which does go to show that this is an Adam Gase power play and not just about Mike McCagnan. Also, for whatever it's worth, I heard that Gase had sign off on the picks. So I don't know how much time he actually got to watch every single player, but it's not like they just took the players and said, here you go, coach. Good luck. He was he wasn't on camera in the draft room, but that's pretty common for a guy like Adam Gase who would like to avoid all of that stuff, he was in the draft room saying yes or no. So I know there's been a weird narrative going around that like, oh, you know, McCagnan ran the draft and made all the picks. At the end of the day, like, let's be real, guys. We could have found someone on the street that could have picked Quinn and Williams at three. It's not rocket science to take Quinn and Williams at three. And I know the rest of the picks, one he was very vocal about in Ja'Kai Polite Mm -hmm. after the draft, he had the sign off on those guys. Yeah, it's uh, it's a weird situation. We've spent a lot of time on it, and I'm sure we'll spend more time on it as we kind of figure out where uh, where this goes. Oh, what, I'm gonna, I just thought of this. A total brain fart. You are so right, Connor, because I remember talking to people about their third-round pick, Chuma Adoga, being like, why did they draft him? Because remember, we kind of crushed him a little bit of like, man, a lot of teams said don't draft this guy. Where did this come the work from? work ethic. Right, and what I heard back was the coaches wanted him. So, so and if they had sign off, then yeah, that's they, all you they, need. Yeah, they definitely did want them. So there you that's go. It. Um, it's weird how sometimes those things connect as I start to take us to a break. So when we come back, we're going to move on to some happy news for the rest of the rest of you and even you Jets fans. We're going to draft the top five players you would like to play as in an NCAA football game. EA Sports. Listen to this. Take our advice. Get the game back. We'll be back right after this. All right, y'all, we are back. And like I told you, this is one of the segments that I am most excited for all summer long. Uh, Connor texted us today and he's like, we should do the top five players that you would want to use in NCAA uh, if that football game came back. So we're just going to do that. These are the top five players we'd want to use. It's a draft style. So if Melo picks a player, he's off the board. This runs over. Yeah, exactly. So like I said, the game last came out July 2013. So anyone who played football that 2013 season is gone. So this is the college football seasons 2014 to 2018. I know that's a lot of information for audio, but we'll tweet out the list. You it's guys a five year window. I can't believe I've survived five years. Uh, it is a shocker, but you have the first pick and I am going to go with one of the most electric quarterbacks I've ever seen play football 
in college, and a lot of people even said that maybe he could play receiver. But I am going to go with Lamar Jackson. His speed and his arm in this game would be unbeatable. Hey, I think he's one of the most talented quarterbacks in college football that we had ever seen. Um, comparing him to guys like Michael Vick, Vince Young, these guys were unstoppable in the game. And I think if Lamar Jackson had the chance to get in the game, I mean, you think about it, this guy won the Heisman Trophy as a sophomore. So he would come back as a junior. And if you win the Heisman Trophy and then you come back, you are going to be a 99 rating. He's going to be a 99 speed, (laughs) like 95 arm strength, 92 accuracy. He's going to dominate in this game. And so I think he's got to be the first pick. Yeah, that was the number one overall player on my board when I did this. <laughs> and yes, we are nerds. All three of us made mini boards for this because almost, we didn't want to like, have. Yeah, I almost yeah, broke out like freeze. a whiteboard. And <laughs> yeah, he, he was my number one. So number two, I'm sticking at quarterback. I'm taking Kyler Murray, this year's Heisman Trophy winner. You notice there's a theme here. Guys that have incredible speed at the quarterback position and also have the arm strength for the deep ball because that's really all that matters in this. So yeah. Kyler Murray is a no-brainer for me. I feel like he would he'd probably be like what, 95 speed in this game and in yeah. that oh, Oklahoma easily. team. It would be so fun. Him and Lamar Jackson would be absolutely unstoppable. Well, I like where you guys are going, but I'm going to take a quarterback who could actually win a big game. I'm taking Deshaun Watson. Mm. I, the I mean, best one. Yeah, the best one, the best quarterback out of those. Uh when I play these games, I, back in the day I used to love running the triple option, but as football evolved, like I will go four wide just spread people out. And then if no one gets open, I'm running with my quarterback and Deshaun Watson can do it all. The accuracy would be great. The poise would be a 99 plus if that's possible. Dude, just one big games in college. And I know it's funny because Connor and I just talked about this on the midweek show. We forget just how amazing Deshaun Watson was and is. He is the most underrated player in the NFL, in my opinion. It's a it's just a travesty. And very underrated in college yeah, as well, as as weird as that is to say. Back when no one could beat Alabama, he could beat Alabama. So I'm taking Deshaun Watson. Yeah, and I like that pick. He was definitely on my board, too. Uh, I am up again, I believe. You are. Um, So I... This is tough to do with the live draft because I got a lot of names on here, but I want to save some of them because I don't think you will take them. It's like the real draft where you're like, who will they take? Let me stash a guy. Yeah, so as I look through here, uh, I'm going to go different than quarterback. I'm going to go with a pass rusher uh, because if I am going to play defense in this game, which I seldomly do because they have that you can simulate and the (laughs) computer will just play defense for you, I'm going to take Miles Garrett. Uh, mm. edge rusher out of Texas A&M, one of the best athletes that we've ever seen. So if I have to get after the quarterback, I feel like he's the top guy on this list that we haven't really seen in this game. Uh, he's already doing you know, great in the NFL, but he was exceptional in college too. And you get his size and his speed off the edge in a video game. Like I don't know who's going to block him. Yeah, I mean, I'll put the swim move on You're you. Just that's pretty a wide much, nine on yeah, people. I'm gonna fire off the <laughs> yep. ball. Yeah, it'll look like a corner blitz, but it's Miles uh, Garrett playing your quarterback. Corner. Uh, I like that. I like that strategy a lot. Putting the the pass rushers in NCAA in the wide nine is like the the secret sauce. <laughs> it really it works. Yeah. You, you so adjust easily. that defensive line and widen them out a little bit. Have them slant to the outside. I love running. It's stunts. so perfect. Like get your D tackles crashing outside. Run a little stunt game. Man, I'm going to go home and play that tonight. That's all I'm doing. So, Well, good so luck finding Kyler, it if you yeah. don't already have it. Yeah. <laughs> I had Kyler Murray at number one. Number two here, I'm going to get off that quarterback hype train, too, and go with running back Christian McCaffrey. You turn. Yeah. 
fucking turd. Uh, what a turd. Uh, he's what so kind mad. Of a that was his turd. next pick. Oh, I mean, think about the things you could run in that game with him, whether it's the option, the jet sweeps. You could put him out in slot receiver. Yeah. You could have him return punts and kicks. McCaffrey's speed, his ability to catch the ball. I, I can't think of a more fun skill player over these last couple of years for NCAA football. And Matt is furious. I am right so now. mad. He was, he was number three on my list. I actually had Lamar Jackson, Miles Garrett, and then Christian McCaffrey for all those reasons. You pair yeah. him with any kind of quarterback with speed and you can do everything with him. Like yeah. you said, jet sweeps, put Run him in the, the slot. Cat. Yeah. Everything. Every, oh man. Yeah, I had McCaffrey bolded to draft next because you guys didn't. It was like, I know I'm I thought next. he was going to slip and like, oh, they no. probably won't think about Christian McCaffrey. No, he's amazing. Yeah, uh, he so I guess I'll settle for Saquon Barkley here, which sounds so bad because I was just so excited about Christian McCaffrey. But with Saquon, you get speed, you get power, uh, you get receiving ability out of the backfield. So uh, I, I think... I like Saquon's NFL game a lot better than the McCaffrey because he has that between the tackle ability. But in a video game, you want the shake of McCaffrey in space. But I think I would be just fine with Saquon, especially if you get uh, into that college football playoff push and need a, a cold weather running back. I like Saquon there. Yeah, and catching the ball out of the backfield too. Uh, I'm going to stick with the running back position because I see that we're going on a run here. I'm going to go with Zeke Elliott out of Ohio State. He was kind of in the game as like a freshman, if I remember right. Yep. Uh, but we didn't get to see prime Zeke Elliott. So coming back his sophomore and junior year, I think he's another guy that would have been very highly rated and probably just a running back that you can run him between the tackles. You could run him outside and no one is going to tackle him like we've seen through his career already. So if you just need to turn around and hand the ball off because you can't recruit a quarterback, I'm going to have a guy like Zeke in my backfield that can just eat the ball 40 carries a game and will never wear down. I got a Swiss army knife with the, uh, with my last pick and Christian McCaffrey, this one I'm going pure workhorse here. Leonard Fournette. I think people forget how special he was when he was healthy in college, his blend of speed, power size, even when they threw him the football Fournette was absolutely special. I mean, there's a reason he was a top 10 pick as a running back. I hope he could stay healthy and on the field this year because I still think he could be great. I, I love Leonard Fournette, and I just think an NCAA would be so funny because if you can get him to the outside one-on-one with a corner or a safety, you're just hitting truck stick all day long. <laughs> I really wanted Aaron Donald and thought for a moment today when I was building my board, I was like, wait, I could take Aaron Donald. I went and looked. It, no, <laughs> he's he in, in the, the game. game. He was. Yeah. Yep. Yep. I, I was so mad about that fact. So I'm going to take the closest thing to Aaron Donald, and I'm going to take Quentin Williams here. Um, uh, just his ability to impact the game. You guys took the two edge rushers I would have taken. I, I don't think that one of the Bosa boys it belongs quite this high. So give me interior pressure with Quentin Williams, and I'll get after the quarterback. I'll shut down that inside run game, maybe shut down the option game that you guys are bringing at me. Quentin Williams, and also maybe the upside potential with, it, with him could be pretty special too. Well, you don't get the personality, and that's a real shame. Maybe EA can update that because I do need that kind of personality and lovability in a in a game. I'm going to go with a guy who I don't think either of you are going to have on your big boards, and that's okay with me. I don't even care anymore because this is a video game, and this player was very highly recruited, and a lot of people loved him at Michigan, and that's Jabril Peppers. I know that maybe he hasn't panned out in the NFL, we're not talking about that right now, though. We're talking about NCAA football, the video game. This dude could play safety, linebacker, 
kick and punt returner, and then put him at running back, put him at receiver. He can do everything on the football field with that speed, with that athletic ability that he has. I think you have to have him on this list, and I would be remiss if I didn't take him. So at number four, I'm going to take Drabil Peppers, one of the best five-star athletes that we've ever seen in college football, even if it doesn't pan out for him in the NFL. I think people forget how fun he was as a two-way player. I mean, he was really spe- – he could have been a great running back, but he wanted to play defensive back. So I'm going a different direction as well. I don't think you guys will have either uh, – either of you will have this guy on your boards because of how much of a dud he's been in the <laughs> NFL. But I'm taking John Ross because he'd be uh, a 99 yeah. speed Jeez. in this game. I he was about insane. putting him on there. <laughs> that last year of college, I mean, whether it's – you would throw him back there at punt returner, kick returner – you play him at wide receiver, he's just going to run by literally everyone. Or if you do those bubble screens with him, it, and you remember how much space there was in this game. John Ross would be unfair at the wide receiver position with that elite speed. Yeah, I honestly almost put Andy Isabella on my list just for this reason. It's like he runs a 4-3. I'm just going to go deep on everybody all day long. John Ross is a good one. Um, yeah, hopefully you can figure it out with him. I'm going to go defense. I, I know I said I wasn't going to take an outside pass rusher. I want to take a shutdown corner because I think that's so important in this game, especially if these are guys were playing ass. So I want to take over the game with a shutdown corner. Give me Jalen Ramsey. He has size, speed. He was dominant at Florida State. I mean, from his true freshman season, he was the dude. Some of the stories we've heard about him as a personality are fantastic. Obviously, that doesn't factor in, but man, give me his playmaking skills. I think you could play him at safety. They did. You could play him at the star position. Florida State put him there a sophomore year. Or if I have to match up with John Ross or with Amari Cooper or whoever, you can put him out there on the edge and he could be a shutdown corner. So I know like not a popular position to take over in the game, but if I need a corner from the past four or five years to build my team with, I want Jalen Ramsey. I like that pick as a corner, but I'm going to take a more impactful position because for me, there are three positions that you play on defense, and that is a pass rusher, linebacker, or safety for me. So I'm going to take Miles Jack, uh, the UCLA linebacker, who was another guy who actually played a lot of running back. So go be, you know, this player, win the Heisman Trophy with him. He can play running back at UCLA. He can play linebacker, having a very good career, another very good athlete. Uh, And again, this is just a video game, so I'm going two-way player. I'm going to have Miles Jack be my running back and my middle linebacker on my team. You get him before you get I'm going the same exact route here. Same exact route. I'm going Devin White, and I know he came to LSU as a running back. I'm going to play him both ways. I'm probably going to play him at fullback and linebacker and just honestly blitz them <laughs> off the edge because once yeah. again, elite linebacker speed um, NCAA was funny. Like you could put someone at fullback and they just knew how to block. I feel like it would work with him. So we're going, we're going the same direction there. I love Devin white and it would just be so funny to play him both ways in this game. Apparently we're racing injuries, which is fine with me. I'm all here for it. So oh, easily. Yeah. So yeah. My, my last in the you final turn those pick, injuries off. Oh, and it's it's off. No, yeah, problem. no injuries. Okay, cool. Uh, I'm going to edit a player and make this one never happen because I almost threw up watching the Fiesta bowl when a cheap oh. shot knocked Jalen Smith out. And basically he almost had his leg cut off. I want Jalen Smith. He is the heart and soul of my defense. I actually, most of the time, if I'm not playing uh, with a nose tackle or with a D tackle, I know I'm weird like that, but I, I actually like to line up in the three gap, the three technique and just shoot that B gap or I'm playing with the middle linebacker. So I could take away everything that you try to do. Jalen Smith's range is still the best I've ever seen in college football. So his ability as a blitzer, which was like, 
just i remember he sent me a, a video uh, of like him training as a pass rusher and then he got hurt it was so devastating because he he could bend he's just a, a three down player who i think he could have been a, a a great running back a great tight end but on defense i mean he can impact the game all three ways whether it's stopping the run rushing the quarterback or playing a coverage so give me give me jalen and that that bowling swipe to take away whatever you guys are doing offensively all right, guys, it is draft on draft time. It's been a fun show. Let's close it out with some fun. Uh, we've got uh, what six questions here. Let's start with our guy, Shane Merriman, who gets two of them in here. First question, if you had to start an NFL franchise with a quarterback in the 2020 draft class, who would you pick? That means no Trevor Lawrence, obviously. So it's like Tua, Jake Fromm, Justin Herbert, Jacob Eason, Shea Patterson. If I, had to, if I had to pick one of them to start my franchise with... I would probably go Jake Fromm because I think he's the highest ceiling type guy. Like he, at minimum, I think will be a game manager. And that might be his career, but I think at a minimum, he's going to be a game manager where he can come in. He's not going to make too many mistakes and he's going to be a good leader. And I think he's going to be able to rally the troops around him. I don't know if the other guys I could say that about. I, You're almost going the safe route. Like, you know, that Fromm will be solid. He's not going to fall apart. Yeah, I don't think this 2020 class of quarterbacks is as good as we thought it was going to be a year ago. I could, I, could I don't with that. love it. I'm still riding with Tua, though. I really like Tua's upside. I think in the right system with protection, he's somebody that throws with touch and accuracy that can really rip you apart. He really can. And I think he moves well enough. Where he, he's he has what you know teams are looking for right now right. in this modern NFL. So. It's risky because this is something that Matt brings up a lot. Like at some point, you gotta wonder: Can he stay healthy? Because it's like the little nick, he's nicked up a lot. Yeah, you know whether it, you know, he gets banged up. So you hope he can have a healthy season and go into the draft and be that lock as a top three pick. I'm still comfortable riding with Tua right now. I'm just not sold on Herbert. I'm really not. It's tough. Yeah, I know the NFL. The NFL will love him though. That's what I was gonna say. If you ask me the order they'll be drafted in, I would say right. it's Herbert Tua from. But the order of it's almost reversed for me of the order that I would want them. I would actually go with Tua as well. Um, I, I know that like, he's not he doesn't have elite arm strength and he has been he's hurt not perfect. a lot. Right, he's not. But there is some like Drew Brees to his game, mm-hmm. you know that. And I know Melo has used that comparison a lot. There, there really is some like some talent there that's just innate. And it sucks because our last memory of him was the College Football Playoffs where he was hurt. And like even the the SEC championship game where he was hurt. But if you go back like we've done the summer and watch him and Jerry Judy, you're like, oh, my God, his touch accuracy is just unreal. I mean, it, it might Steve Young, if you want a lefty comparison, he is really special with his accuracy. So for me, it's not even so much about athleticism, but the accuracy is really good. Uh, so I would take Tua as well. Uh, next question from our guy, Shane. If you had to hire any college coach to be your NFL head coach, who would you hire? If your answer is not Lincoln Riley, I want to hear why. Because it's Mine's Lincoln not, Riley. It, oh, it's, it's not. Matt Campbell. <laughs> That's the only other Campbell. acceptable answer. I, I did this for an entire year. I love Matt Campbell. I might th- I, this kind of goes back to Melo's last answer with Fromm. I think Matt Campbell is a high floor kind of coach. Like Lincoln can come in and... And just everyone's like, oh, shit, like this is overwhelming for him. And I think he's a phenomenal college head coach. His system is incredible. He does a great job recruiting the right talent. But I look at Campbell and he's kind of like an NFL coach already 
coaching in college football. Just and I, you know, I talked to David Montgomery about him. Yeah. Just the way he relates to players, but he also expects so much out of players to be great. When you come into Iowa State, like an like a two win Iowa State program, and you turn that shit around like he did, I, I'm buying all the Matty Campbell stock, and I think he's gonna he's gonna wait a while for the right job. But I think he could be special when he gets it. So not taking the Jets job. That's what we're hearing. <laughs> no, I, he didn't. I do love he Matty Campbell. He could have had it. Yeah. <laughs> so. yeah. The thing that impresses me about him is that he's never really had a good quarterback there, and he turned things around. He's had he, great I think running backs everywhere. Finally Amazing has Amazing run game. I think Purdy is going to be pretty good. Came in and started as a true freshman. But he's yep. been able to have success and turn around a program without finding a good quarterback to do it. And if he can ever, you know, if Purdy turns out to be – Pretty good. Oh, <laughs> I think Iowa State will be pretty good too. Yeah, I I like Matty Campbell. Everyone knows we've talked a lot about him. Remember, he had Cream Hunt and David Montgomery. Dude knows how to coach, coach running backs. Uh, but it is, I think Lincoln Riley is, yeah, is and the guy. The sooner he's out of there, the better. You are punny today. Just rolling with wow. the puns. Uh, we have a surprise draft on draft question. Our boss, our podcast boss, Jesse Katz, is listening in. She uh, noted dog owner, the lovely Alvy, and a Browns fan. So she would like to know, was it premature getting Alvy a Browns collar, or might he actually get to parade <laughs> it around Brooklyn come February? I don't Probably know. I think that's going to be a hit. Yeah, yeah, I think he'll be parading that around before February. Yeah, I, I think, I think so the too. Browns are going to start off pretty hot this season, and they're going to be pretty I've damn good. I've never met Alvy, but I feel like I, I know him pretty well. And I think that Alvy's kind of like a... He's a cocky motherfucker. You know, like he's he struts around a little bit. And he's like, Alvy's hipster enough to be like, I was a Browns fan in May. Like, I was a Browns fan before <laughs> yeah. they hit. So he's going to be cool. way out in yeah, front of Check this. the receipts on this collar. It's yeah. from May yeah. 15th, right? I feel like Alvy's yeah. going to be straight with this. He's going to be good. Uh, I would get him a little Baker Mayfield jersey. No, a little, God, no. A little Odell jersey. There you go. Yeah, I think <laughs> Alvy needs a Twitter, and his bio should be, woke up feeling dangerous today. I, I yes, with to a, me. <laughs> and then like a, a sidebar that he's the official pup of stick to football. Why would you he really is. curse a dog yeah. like that? I got a new yeah. dog, by the way, Connor. I don't know if you saw that. Yeah, you have two now. I have two now. What's yep. what is that? So I've grown up with dogs my entire life, but I've never actually had two at once. What is that's chaos? It's, you yeah. also have kids. Yeah. Children and two Plural. and multiple My animals. house is a circus, right? Like it, you, a lot of people say a zoo. No, you can put them in cages. My house is a circus. So <laughs> oh, it's been interesting. We did not. I know it shocks you because I'm so impulsive. We did not think about that our existing dog might not like the new dog. We we're just like, of oh, course, that's of course the first thing you other. check on when you buy a new animal, <laughs> right? No, yeah, no, they. Uh, it was a rough night. Uh, we've had the we've had oh, they Millie, don't get along. the young dog home two days. They do now. There were a lot okay. of snarls, and you know it, it's been interesting, but. I'm like addicted to dog rescuing now. We'll probably have another one very <laughs> that soon. That is a now they're both part lab, correct? Right. Yeah. Both part okay. lab. I, one's four years old, one's five months old. So the four year old's kind of oh, a little that's bossy. Why. Yeah. 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 And it's probably yeah, like the, me when mom and dad brought Mello home. You know, it's like, he's awesome. Let's have another one. And then they brought and you're home, like, and I'm like, fuck you. Yeah. Get out of my house. You're on my couch, yeah. dick. Yeah. Like, yeah. Well, pretty soon uh, June's going to get her ass kicked <laughs> if history has told us anything. Yeah, that's probably what will happen. Oh, man. Speaking of the animal house, there's Emmett's first debut on the show. Yeah, right. Uh, <laughs> down there laughing. Um, all right. So Justin Brown, let's get back on track. Is there one division that might be more competitive now that the draft is over? Which one and why? 
I want Ooh. to jump in so fast on this. I what think it's do? the AFC West. Yeah. I think the AFC West, we already, the Chargers and Chiefs were already very competitive. That race was not as close as a lot of people, or not as far apart as a lot of people thought. Excuse me. The Raiders got a lot better. The Broncos got a lot better. I think the AFC West is the division to watch. I think it's going to be the AFC West as well. And I think a lot of it has to do with the Tyreek Hill situation because the Chiefs, like it or not, got a lot worse over the draft. And it's because they're probably going to lose their star receiver for a very long time. And every other team in the AFC West got a lot better, especially the Raiders and the Broncos. And we already saw the Chargers, who were a very good team last year. So I think that that division got a lot more competitive because your strongest team got worse. And your weaker teams, all three got better. That's the perfect way to sum it up. I mean, that division is going to be a ton of fun to watch. I'm interested to go back and actually look at our power rankings and see I was doing the, the, closest sta- the closest stacked group. The NFC North is pretty close as well. I mean, okay. I, neither of us were super high on the Lions, but the Packers, the Bears, and the Vikings, and the Vikings. were all very, yes. very close together. And the Bears didn't have much of a draft because they traded all their picks away. And that's so, another no. like top-end team, I think, in yeah. that division. I mean, they did get Dave Montgomery, who we all like, but... I mean, the Vikings shored up the offensive line. They added another running back. The Packers added a ton of defense. I'll tell you a sneaky one. The NFC West. If I was everything, just thinking that too. If everything hits for the Niners and Russ Wilson goes God mode again, the Rams are going to, it's not going to be a cakewalk for the Rams. It's not. And I'll say this. if every, And this is one of those like dream scenarios. If everything goes right for Arizona and losing Pat Pete puts a giant dent in this, but if they're scoring 30, 35 points a game with Cliff and Kyler, that division is going to be the one to watch. It's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, because the Seahawks are the one that I can't figure out, like what they're going to be now that yeah, Doug I Baldwin's think that's gone them and, every year, though. It's like, oh, the, card, right? the Seahawks are probably going to suck. Yeah. Nope, they win 10 games. Or you think they're going to be great and they still win 10 games. Right, yeah. Perfect segue, though, into this next question from Andrew Magnuson. Which playoff teams from last year are in the most trouble of not making it back? Um, Mello, I know you just said this about the Chiefs with the the Tyree Jackson situation. Tyree Jackson. Tyree Kill situation. They could be a team that is in a little bit of trouble. But I, I think the Seahawks are maybe one of the more obvious ones of a team that, that could be in trouble this year. Yeah, and I was actually going to go with the Ravens. I think that losing your middle linebacker on that defense, losing Suggs, who's been there for 90 years, and then teams getting a look at how to stop Lamar Jackson because the Chargers did do it. And I know it was only one time, but they kind of laid out a blueprint of this is how you contain him. This is what you do on this defense. And a lot of teams, I think, I mean, this was a good safety group. In this draft, a lot of teams went and they addressed that. And I think the Ravens are really going to struggle to get back into the playoffs this year. And I'm, I'm fascinated to watch that division because, like, we all, and I'm definitely guilty of it, keep writing off the Steelers. I like the Ravens a lot, although you have to wonder. It's it's like a roll of the dice. Like, will Lamar grow? Because if he improves as a passer, mm-hmm. the back He's end of that scary. defense could... Uh, the back end of that defense could take away the football at any moment. Earl Thomas, Tony Jefferson, both corners that they have there. That group's fun. And, and Baker Mayfield, for as great as he was last year, sometimes the decision-making, and this happens for every rookie in the NFL, sometimes the decision-making was a little questionable. So uh, that's a, that's a that's the one that I have my eyes on. Man. And we might be missing if, an obvious one with the Dallas Cowboys because if Carson I was going to say if Wentz stays healthy, they're going to be really good. The Redskins and, and Giants, I don't think any of us are really high on, but they're going to be interesting at least. The Cowboys, I mean, they, they just kind of are who they are. They didn't really add a whole lot 
throughout the offseason to be like, oh, man, you got to watch out for the Cowboys. No, even the draft pieces that they added were more like depth positions and not, you know, guys that are coming in and filling a need. Right. Yeah. So I, I think the Cowboys are, are a tough one. That's a great question. One that we the we, one the one I would hate, but we have to say it. If the Texans fail to keep Deshaun Watson healthy, they're dead yeah. in the water. Yeah. Dead in the water. Yep. I mean, in last year, you know, they kind of snuck in last year and then the Colts just whipped them in that opening opening round. So, yeah, it'll be in the AFC South to go back to another question. That's a fun division to watch, too, because the Titans, Titans, yeah. the Titans, Texans, Colts, Jacksonville with Jacksonville. I mean, I'm not a Foles believer, but what if I'm wrong? Yeah, that would never happen. So I don't know. Uh, all right. Roma Thomas off. Big question here from Mr. College graduate. Which duo will finish the season with more yards? Kyler Murray and Andy Isabella or Dwayne Haskins and Kelvin Harmon? And this question is tricky because you're talking about guys that might not get on the field a whole lot. Like Andy Isabella is probably realistically, even if you say he's the third option in that offense, you have Larry Fitzgerald and Christian Kirk. Um, They drafted a ton of receivers this year. David Johnson's going to get his fair share. I don't know that Haskins starts 16 games. I, I think that he should. I it feels like they might be hesitant to throw him out there. They traded for Case Keenum. They love Colt McCoy. If he's healthy, I could see him being the starter. So I'm actually going to take Murray and Isabella, even though it might be, even if it's like 500 yards, that might be more because Harmon is going to be behind some dudes in Washington. Sure. He was a very late pick. And I don't know if we see Haskins early enough to say that he's going to have production. I, I agree with you. And even with Kyler Murray, I think that they're going to come out. He, well, they've already said he's the week one starter. He's got that black visor. Did you see that? Yeah. It looks good. I don't know about that. But he he's going to come out. They're going to throw the ball at least 30 times a game with him. Every game from week one on, uh, they're going to come out and they're going to air it out with him. So that's going to at least give them the chance to be the duo that has more yards. Andy Isabella, I think at at least be the third, probably probably the third receiver who's going to play in the slot. And quarterbacks like to find that little check down. They like to find that guy over the middle, short option routes. And it's going to be Andy Isabella. So I'm going to go Kyler Murray and Andy Isabella. Man, I would be thrilled if it was Haskins and Harmon, but I'm not. <laughs> yeah. I'm not buying that. I just think, like going back to Matt said, by default with reps. I mean, Kyler Murray on his own alone should be all of these guys. And it's going to be interesting to see how the reps get divided there in Arizona because you got Isabella, Hakeem Butler, and the guy that no one's talking about, Keyshawn Johnson, might end up being the possession guy of that offense. So it's interesting. And like you said, I don't know if Haskins is going to start. I love Kelvin Harmon. He he needs naturally just a couple things to go his way. A Josh Doxson injury, which is always on the table. That's a big one for him. So we'll see if he can earn those reps. But the safe pick right now is Kyler and Isabella. Last question from Garrett Greenley. He DM me today. He was drinking a bang wearing a stick to football t-shirt. And yes, it's he like, was. That's yeah, the like ultimate. Brand, right, man. If you had been eating some beef jerky, or I'm something. surprised. That, were the sleeves cut off on that t-shirt? They weren't. Not yet. He's he's working on getting there. <laughs> yeah, the, that's the, a the good buys idea, and tries. The buys and tries will come in the future. Yeah, I need to do that. Suns out, beach. guns out, stickies. It's we, time to cut those sleeves oh, off. Man, we need stick to football tank tops. No, you just make one. Just make it exactly. Sure, just, just make one and then go it. buy a new one. Yeah, there we go. All right. Garrett Greenlee wants to know, this is very tough. I don't even know how I'm going to answer it. Start one, cut one, trade one. Danelle Hunter, Miles Garrett, or Bradley Chubb, or and Bradley Chubb. Mm, so I, for me, I'm going to trade Hunter because I, Ooh, re- I really think value. that the other two, uh, we haven't seen the best of them yet. I'm probably going to... Oh gosh, it's hard, right? Okay. Oh, I'm, I don't. I don't think so. You don't think it is? Go for yeah, it. Yeah, you no, go, Connor, because I'm, I'm, I'm second I'm guessing starting, myself. I'm, 
Yeah, I'm going to start Miles Garrett. Yep. Uh, I'm going to get the most back in return for Daniil Hunter because of his age and the contract he's on. It's a value. He's 24 years old. He won't turn 25 till halfway through the season. And I know everybody say, well, Bradley Chubb's younger and has a better contract, but I think Hunter is the better player right now. And he is on a deal, a five-year deal that'll have him locked up to 2023. The guaranteed money is pretty much done after 2021. So he'll still be in his prime easily. I think you can get a really, really big return back for Hunter. So unfortunately, I love Bradley Chubb, but I would cut him. Miles Garrett, I think, will be the best pass rusher in football maybe this year, so I'm starting him. I really like all three of these guys. I'm going to mix it up, though. I'm going to trade Miles Garrett because, like you said, you kind of sold me on this one, Connor. I think you could get a King's oh, Ransom huge, for Miles Garrett if you, if you traded him. And I'm going to start Bradley Chubb because he's already proven that he can go out and get double-digit sacks. So he could have a huge second-year season, and I'm going to cut Hunter. I can't wait until stick to football's on camera so people can see me glare at you when you steal my answer. <laughs> like I'm just shooting well, daggers. Like, it will be. Wow. This exact show will be. Yeah. So thanks, Mello. Um, and well, I didn't even write it down, so I can't accuse him of cheating off me this time. I would do the same thing because I'm Mister Trade Everyone. So I would trade Miles Garrett as much as it sucks because I do think You're he's going to be one of the top five defensive players in the NFL very soon. But um, I, I think that like this is like an MFK, but like a PG thirteen one. So it's supposed yeah. to be like you're supposed to start your favorite one. If we're doing it that way, I would start Miles Garrett. He's my favorite one out of these three. Um, I would, I guess, trade Bradley Chubb and cut Daniel Hunter if we're doing it in terms of favorites. But uh, that is a tough question. It's we all are such football nerds. We start getting into like the contract and like what, what <laughs> oh, is the return completely. on investment? What's his injury history? What's his mom's middle name? Like, getting, did getting people show up to his birthday? Right. Well, when we're running the New York Jets, those are the things we'll have to know about players. Um, that's our show, guys. That's it. Thank you to all the listeners for the great questions in Draft on Draft and also from the AMA. Again, don't forget, download the Bleach Report app because we'll be doing those, especially once football season kicks off, I imagine. Um, I've talked to them even about doing weekly ones from the Stick to Football crew. So there's going to be a lot of great content in the BR app. You can subscribe to the podcast there. Follow the stream so you'll never miss one. And, you, of course, you can always uh, subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you get your shows. So for Mello and Connor, this is Matt. We'll talk to you guys again real soon. Thank you.